Hello and welcome to the Topical City Podcast. It's not your uh, regular scheduled programming, it is a transfer special. We can only speculate, can't we? So let's move on to happier times and talk about the players that were linked with coming in. So there's really two names, isn't there? It's Kane and Grealish. So Harry Kane, let's start with him. The question I've written is, uh, based on his output, oh, sorry, besides his output, what's attracted City to him compared to other targets? And the reason I asked that question, and I'm going to repeat it because Cameron's earphone fell out. Uh, it didn't is, fall out, it was pulled out. <laughs> oh, okay. Besides his output, what has attracted City to Harry Kane? Because obviously we can talk about the goals and assists, but there are there are other targets out there that can score a lot of goals for us. And we don't necessarily need the assists with the creative players that we have in midfield. So what do you think it is about Harry Kane that's made him get to the top of that list for Man City, Richard? It's not addiction, is it? <laughs> I was going to say it's his uh, handsome good looks and his sexy voice. <laughs> I actually don't know how to answer that, mate, because I think it's literally his output that's what's attracted City to him. It's his goal return. It's his amount of assists. It's it's getting the golden boots. Um, I, I think that that's his main attributes. There's, I guess there's also the what he sometimes does for Spurs that isn't doing at the moment for England. is It's dropping deep to pick up the ball and then allowing the passes like onto the wingers, but they overlap like Son. But then that's again, related to his output and getting those assists in. I think that City want him because he's almost guaranteed numbers. And if we've got a striker added to our squad who's getting 15 to 20 goals a season to the squad who won the Premier League at a counter last season, that pretty much wins us the title again. That's what I was going to say is link-up play. I think he's very good at link-up play. Um, I think he's got all the best aspects of a Harry Kane. But I think he's also got that defensive nous of like a when Firmino was good um, for Liverpool. Like he, he he can pull back and he can let the wingers do their job. Which for a guy like Sterling, who wants to run past the striker and, and cut in, is useful. So I think I think it's that, um, and also I think they just don't want him to break Serge's record. So <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if one of you had mentioned that. Guy cliche. So- there is a point oh, maybe, for the maybe, 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 maybe. Um, yeah, to be honest, they, they are the same answers that I came up with. And I was trying to argue against my own point. And the only real thing, and it's, it's a fairly weak argument, but if you're talking output, Andre Silva outscored Haaland this year in the Bundesliga and he'd be a fraction of the price. Farmers League, so, though. Boring, though, isn't it? Yeah. Who wants Andre Silva? Yeah, we say we say Farmers League, but we got De Bruyne from there. Yeah, yeah got Sane from there. Um, Kane for me fits in the same. I have the same feelings towards Kane as I do for Sterling, in that I just can't quite take to him. I'm sure he will be a great success for City. You just stand by English, aren't you, mate? That's it, mate. But if yeah, you don't like it, then leave. Brexit means Brexit. <laughs> is it because he'll need subtitles during post-match interviews? Is that what it is? <sighs> yeah, and he says for sure too many times. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, do, do, do you get this? Do you know what I mean about I just don't take to him? Yeah, absolutely. He's not excited. He's not the exciting striker signing, but he might be the best one. 
I, yeah. I think it's as well because he's the finished article as well. He's not what mm-hmm. we're used to with City. Like we're used to seeing him go for like the sexy new young thing and then mm. make them better. Um, and that's just not what we're doing with this one. It's like Mares. Mares didn't excite me. Sanchez didn't yeah, excite same. me. And it's because they were coming from a rival who and, and had already proven themselves. And that's just not usually what City do. But and I think it kind of speaks a little bit that City might are just desperate and was losing Sergio the right thing at the right time, especially if there's talk in the papers that, and I was reading an article on The Athletic today by Sam Lee, who's basically saying that City could wait a year to sign him if now isn't the right time. Mm. But that'd be such a mistake, in my opinion, because you're kicking the can down the road to a point where we'll need to sign a left back and a defensive midfielder and maybe even um, another winger or a number eight at some point. And we need to make these signings. A centre-back, if Laporte goes, we need to think about all of those other things. And if you kick the can down the road here and, and rely on another false nine situation with Bernardo, who's unhappy, KDB, and that's not his best position, Jesus, who's still proven that he's not gotten to grips with that role completely, he never maintains any rhythm to be consistent there. That would be an absolute clusterfuck disaster for our next season's campaign. We need somebody to come in, even if it's not Kane. Plus, all the talk about Haaland is that he'll be available in a year. So if you're going to wait a year, you might as well get him. So if you're going to get Kane, now's the time. So, hang on, there's a lot to unpack there. So, I don't think, I think if Kane doesn't happen this year, it doesn't happen at all. Um, I don't have any doubts, and I could be kicking myself at this, that City will not sign a massive striker this season. I can't see them, if they think there's two years after Pep, and they'll never get a better manager than Pep, they're not going to waste that and pause a year. I can't see it happening. Uh, Haaland, yeah, it would be a fraction of the price, but you'd also have every fucking club in Europe putting that 60 million quid up, and it'll just be a wage race, which we do not do. So, again, if we don't sign Haaland this summer, which I don't think we will, I don't think we're getting him at all. Um, And lastly, Richard, you said it's desperate from City. I kind of look at it the other way, and I think it's ruthless. And I look at this like when United signed uh, Van Persie, that they were pretty much there already. And then they went and added that seasoned Premier League guaranteed goals. It was a fairly short-term signing, but it won them a league when, yeah. they, need, when they were right up against us. And that, that season, it was basically, it was us and them for Van Persen. Whoever got him was going to win the league, and that's what the difference was. Um, so to lead on from that, my next question is, do you see this as a short-term or a long-term signing for City? What do you mean by short-term? Three years? Two years? Well, what, how old is he now? Is he 28? 28? He's nearly 28, yeah. Because I see him as... He is Shearer. He's, he's basically Shearer reincarnated. I think he could go... <laughs> for, Fucking hell, Shearer's dead. Sorry, he's so boring <laughs> that he flatlines sometimes he... Uh, I, I think if you sign him, I think you'll get five or six years out of him at the top level. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think he's he's quite long-term signing in that you'll get a, a 
mileage out of Harry Kane. I also had the impression that maybe his legs had gone because of his injury record, but the City Extra lads um, on YouTube kind of put that to bed when they did like a video on him and they were just like, you look at his appearances and it's like he's he's playing like 30 plus games a season, like even when he's supposedly like his legs have gone and he's injured all the time. Um, so that's two and- different things though, isn't it? That's being injured and legs have gone means you've lost your pace, doesn't it? He never had pace though, did he? He just has laser guided accuracy and can shoot from 35 yards and just find the right he's if we get him we'll have him for a long time and he'll score goals for a long time i think he'd finish his career at city and if if that did go into being 33 34 then yeah that's a long-term signing in my opinion what do you think james i think you've both made a really good argument for it and the way i'd framed it was if Haaland's a long-term signing, Kane's a short-term signing. Kane seems to be a ready-made, quick fix, you know, straight out of the blocks. In theory, we have two years left of Pep, but let's give him the best tool to just go and smash the league. Whereas Haaland might not actually be the finished product for four, five, six years, even though he's putting in great numbers now. And I think as fans, 99% of people would want Haaland. But the smart money might actually be on Kane. Like you said, he's not the sexy signing. And it might feel, you know, look at when fucking played Liam Delap and everyone's wetting themselves just because it's something exciting. Yeah, and yeah. It's the, whole, it's the whole thing of watching him develop and get better and you want him to score that goal. Kane will just be a, the shark and just put the ball in the back of the net repeatedly and it won't be as exciting, but it will get the results. And this goes way back to our conversations about City being a business and City being ruthless and City wanting to dominate. And that's why it makes so much sense. It feels like a short-term signing because for me, I don't think you can guarantee what he will be after 30. But for the next three seasons, you're going to get the best striker in the league. Yeah, I get that. Um, so my last question on Kane, and I did this to trigger you to a little bit, but having watched him, and I know we can't judge him from England, but a little, a little bit for Spurs. I've just worked well. out what those stars are. <laughs> well, James wrote so the much... name of the player and I had to bleep out. <laughs> yeah. So I put, can you see him frustrating City fans, Jacko style? And what I mean by that is, we, we all know that Jacko would often disrupt the flow of the game, especially if we were counter-attacking or, you know, going at an opponent with pace. Jekyll was great when we were lumping the ball in the box. His hold-up play was great. But actually, he did frustrate often. And I understand that Kane can drop back in a way that maybe Jekyll couldn't. Could you see there being part of Kane's game that we'll be there at the Etihad at some point next season? And it's just a bit frustrating that he's he's turning like a ferry or he's he's not getting into the box as quick as he'd like. Or, do you know what I mean? Can, can you see where it's coming from? No, because I don't think we play like that anyway. <laughs> We're always getting to the byline and just passing back to the left back or passing around the box. We're not the team anymore that quickly cower attacks and just legs it for the cross or the easy pass. We don't do that anyway. So 
I actually agree with James a little bit. I, I think that there could be a bedding in period where maybe he his link up like because Jekyll was there for the the one touch like shots wasn't he in the headers and his build up play wasn't that great and I think that Kane's got quite good build up play when he falls back into the center but he's been at Spurs for how long now and knows their team inside and out and all of his teammates there and I think that maybe you would see that initially with Kane but that that would kind of like fix itself after a shot. I agree with that. But what, what I mean is we're not, he's not going to annoy us by not being quick enough to get into a position because we don't play. He's as quick as Aguero was. He's as quick as you know, to later after his career. Like he's, he's not going to annoy us by not being in right ahead of everybody or on the last man's shoulder because that's not how we play anyway. Fair enough. Yeah. But if you, think, I mean. if you think about it, that if he's used to, and I understand that players change the way they play depending on what team and to get used to styles of play. He currently likes to drop back and occupy that space and, like you say, have Son run on for him. He does it for England as well. Um, that space is saturated for City because he'd be dropping into the space that Kev would occupy, Gundo would occupy, Bernardo, Foden potentially... Because it's kind of what Jesus does. I was going to say, is that not exactly what Jesus does? Yeah. But he's uh, 10 times better than Jesus. Maybe maybe that means, like you said, as a bedding in period, but maybe he's actually allowed to be a striker rather than a link. That's kind of what I was leading towards. Do you think we'd see him revert back to the Harry Kane of maybe two or three years ago where he's just his job is to stand in that box and put the ball in the net? Maybe as well with if you've got KDB there who can just provide those assists as well. Like it's literally Absolutely like a, a cheat code where <laughs> De Bruyne has allowed more than like three seconds on the ball, just pings in a perfect pass and Kane just heads it like straight into the back of the net and that's like 40 goals a season. <laughs> it's like, like we keep saying, it's not the sexy side. And, although if you like vacuum some of the drool out of his mouth and maybe it's just like <laughs> maybe he could be uh, but <laughs> but he's i think he's the right side in now but he's definitely not the right side in next season yeah i agree and that leads us on nicely because let's talk about the sexy signing oh the yeah. raw sex appeal that is Jack the Green. alice band himself becca reincarnated the hair the calves the Brummy accent, what more do you want? Well, he's clearly um, encapsulated what it is to be British, hasn't he? Um, over the last few days and taken um, all the English hearts with him, him getting excited and chanting for him to come on the pitch when he's not playing and kicking off on Twitter when he's not in the starting lineup. You know Big what? I, on that, I think that if, if Grealish would have started those opening games instead of Foden, and Foden was on the bench, it, the roles would have been mm-hmm. just reversed. Yeah, and Grealish 100%. would have struggled the way that Foden struggled. And Foden would have been perceived as the better player and to bring him on, and he'd be getting all of the clamour. And yeah, that, that system just brings attacking players down so much. Absolutely. And it was always going to happen for that. I feel like most position in the England team are like pretty solid. Um, maybe fullbacks, you can move them around a little bit, but there was always going to be one open spot for someone to break in and it was going to be on the right-hand side of that front three. And 
yeah, whoever it could have been Saka could have started, and then maybe Grealish would have been preferred then as well. Or but Grealish's estimation in people's minds has gone up by virtue of like not getting started, and it's become a bit of a like yeah. legend thing. Well, to the point where I actually think Foden's stock has decreased. As People have been far, far too hard on Foden and yeah. the open, in, in the opening couple of games. I don't think he's been poor at all. And in fact, when he came off for Grealish in that Scotland game, it proper pissed me off because you've got Ian Wright begging for Jack Grealish to be on the pitch but can't exactly tell you why. And then when Foden comes off, all he can do is complain that Foden's come off. But Southgate was never going to change the formation and be more adventurous in a group game against Scotland when Scotland were the, in the ascendancy. So he's not going to take Kane off and he's not going to take Sterling off, is he? So it was always Foden that was going to be brought off. And yeah, it's bullshit that Foden's stocks dropped. I hope he doesn't start against Ukraine and I hope he comes on and like scores a hat-trick in five minutes and just shows them all how it's done because he's totally capable of it and we all know that. I'll tell you what, being in the same room as the rant is... It's horrifying. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like you needed to get that off your chest, mate, because that wasn't the question I asked. No, it's been weighing <laughs> on my mind, and I've been thinking about how can I, uh, how can I get that in, and just, just yeah, <laughs> it's like that meme of that By kid about to All explode, right. <laughs> like desperate to get this out for the whole of the podcast. <laughs> um, for it's worth, I agree with you, but let's focus on Grealish. <laughs> First question, simple: Do we need him? Can't yeah. let Richard have a breather. Yeah, we do. Uh, we can't afford to, to pass off on him, I don't think. Especially now when he's probably the last time he'll be, to say cheap is is funny, considering how much money he won't be cheap. But I think in a few years or even a year or so from now, he'll be even more expensive. Uh, and I think, like I say, with, with an aging winger on one side, I don't think it's that bad to get England's second brightest talent in the City team. I mean, you saw him link up with possibly our new striker and Sterling in that game. It was absolutely magical. I, I think we do. Just because we might not specifically need a left winger doesn't mean we shouldn't be trying to get the best attacking talent for an attacking team. Um, and I think, yeah, we need him. I think we should get him at all costs. So the reason I asked that way was and there's no doubt that he's a quality player he's where the like as Richard said before over the next two windows there's going to be a lot of changes that need to be made regardless of outgoing you know there's potentially a Fernandino replacement another striker to come in replacing a Mares for example potentially another eight so yeah you could argue that he's a Mares replacement but actually he's a left winger as is Sterling based on the last two or three seasons, as is Foden, based on the last season. Arguably also, it's Jesus' best position. So, do we need him? He's a luxury buy, and I don't think that we need him. But similarly to Kane, if another team came in for him and they get him, it makes them so much better. And his mm -hmm. ceiling's massively better than being a captain at Aston Villa it just is like unless they were to have a season like West Ham and get in the Champions League next season his ceiling is better than that and he's going to end up going to a top, a top club he's going to end up at a United or a Chelsea or a City or someone like that and if he slots into any of those other teams that, that makes them that little bit closer to being as good as we are 
And I think that that's a, a fear maybe in City's mind as well, is that he's obviously flirted with the idea of joining City. If you believe what people say, he's telling everybody who'll listen that he's going to be a Manchester City player. And maybe City are just like, yeah, the stars are aligning for this. Let's do it now and beat other people to it. That's what I say. I think as much as you do need to think about, we might need an eight down the line, we might need a left back down the line, we might need this, we might need that. You do have to, especially the way we play, you have to take the best attacking players when you can get them. And it might be at the expense that we don't get a left back in again. It might be that we have to get a cheap DM that will grow into the role or something. I think if you want to stay at the top, you've got to buy the best. And as much as defences can win titles, more often than not, it's goals. And I think, like you say, yeah, we do have Sterling and Foden on the left wing. Foden could play anywhere across that front three or the midfield. Sterling could play right wing or false nine. Like, we might have a lot of left wings, but it doesn't mean that they all have to play left wing. They could play anywhere they need to. So, like I say, all you have to do is move Mares out and designate Sterling as a right winger in your own mind. And then we've only got two and Jesus. So it's not it's not as if we're going to have four left wingers who specifically will only play that left wing role. Mm-hmm. I think what's really fair, what you said, is that we need to kind of keep up that attacking talent when it's available. And for me, that's probably a little bit of a change of mindset for City. And it's almost reminiscent of the way United used to do it. And Nile, that's who I was thinking of when I said it. (laughs) Yeah, but if you look at their signings, would they go and get Berbatov or Van Persie? Ashley Young had a blinding season at Villa, so they snapped him up. This was their way of strengthening, wasn't it? And I was going to say, is he going to be City's one Sebastian Veron? Well, (laughs) quite quite possibly. Uh, Or Diego Fallon, maybe. Um, do Do you know what I mean? It seems like a change of tact from the board for City um, and quite refreshing in a weird way and however uninspiring I find the Kane signing and I know I'm incredibly spoiled saying that I'll forgive it all if we get Grealish as well because I think that's where the flair and the excitement comes in I've just realised I think City are trying to become the Brexit Galacticos like (laughs) all the best English talent we're scooping them up Plus, again, if you're going to sign English players to be part of the, you know, the squad so you get your quota or your quotient up, you might as well get the best ones rather than just lumping on Scott Carson onto the end of your, <laughs> to the end of your quotient. So you might as well, if you can afford it, go out and fill your England slots with Harry Kane and Jack Greeley. Or getting a Fabian yeah. Delph or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah, there's yeah. no point. Have you put Scott Carson on this end list? <laughs> he's in because he's not signed yet has he not he's, he's out of contract and I don't think no he's signed he's not coming he's that guy sleeps in his city training gear he's going nowhere <laughs> um, right so there are loads of other stupid links that we could chat about the likes of Ramos Locatelli etc but really I just wanted to focus on those two that seem to be the pretty clear there was an interesting on. one that I saw did you see it was it was one tweet, but I, I was kind of all right with it. I, I'd like it to have because I think it'd be really cheap and really good. We were we were up for Fulham's left back. It was like eighteen. There's Anthony Robinson. 
Right. Marley's just smashed it in the championship and he's quick. He's he's good. Like, And if you can get somebody like that on the cheap as an understudy to Zinchenko, I think that's a really good deal. I'd be all up for something like that. I think for squad harmony, it can't hurt because they're not going to expect loads of minutes. Um, and like I say, if he's fast, then a bit of pace can't hurt, can it? Um, right, so I believe you have a game for us to finish off, Cameron. Hi, we're, we're sick of debates. We, well, we just had a shitload of debates, but we're sick of debates. So I've put together 11 almost transfers. Uh, I'm going to give you the name of the person and the year it happened. And you've got to tell me where they almost went based on the theme of transfers. So it's I have not no a idea. Related thing. It's, an anywhere. it's anywhere. Right, right. Because um, if it was just City, you'd just keep saying City. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not a game. I don't know how you and want to do he's this. Richard with looking it. over your shoulder at all these answers. Cameron's I, being extremely subtle in but, his like. <laughs> away. Um, I don't know whether you want to do this by screaming the answer or buzzing in or you want to flip a coin and take turns. <laughs> Oh. Well, why don't we take turns? Because there might be a lag from my point of view. All right, do it. Do a rock paper scissors then. And we can. Uh, should we do it for two points, and then you can pass it over for one? Sure thing. I'll just yeah, let James first. go first. I just let James go first. All right then. Uh, pick a number from one to eleven, pal. Seven. Uh, so in 2017, uh, a young pianist by the name of Alexis Sanchez almost moved. Clubs. Uh, where did he almost go, James? So there's only one. I know this is an easy one, but there's just one answer for these, right? It's the it's the it most been... most linked club that that like it, this was almost there before. Okay, Man City. That's Man City. So he this is just very, Man City. He picked very <laughs> easy money. He picked a City one straight away. <laughs> um, okay, so we've done that one. Pick a number, Richard. That's two points to James. One. A young, fresh-faced Brazilian named Rubinho almost moved to this club before joining City in 2008. And he even thought, it seemed from what he said, that he had joined that club. It was Chelsea FC. It was Chelsea FC. That's two points to Richard. We're at two all. Uh, I don't think they're all... Are you keeping count of these scores? Because I'm not. Kind of. <laughs> I've just said them, so I guess so. Uh, <laughs> go on, where are you going? Uh, you can't have one, you can't have seven. Three. So, this was a Chelsea signing. Back in 2005, a Nigerian John Obi Mikel was going to go to this club. It even kind of did go to that club. Man United, thank Man United. you for cutting off my <laughs> spiel. <laughs> Uh, two points to James. I would not have got that, so I'm, I'm very grateful. He technically, technically, before anybody picked me up, yeah. he technically did sign for United. Yeah, he did. And then was gone within about 12 minutes. Right, okay. Um, because Chelsea said they'd sign three more Nigerian players, so he went to Chelsea instead. Uh, all right, uh, one to 11. Can't have one, three or seven. Two. Another Brazilian. Maybe at one point, one of the best players in the world, won a Ballon d'Or, almost went to this club in 2009. It's Kaka. Manchester City. Manchester City. You'll be glad to know all the City-related ones have gone now. <laughs> I've still got that Kaka tattoo on my ass. 
That's, that's <laughs> how I knew that. that For all. I'm hoping somebody's it's got It's goals on the other cheek, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, go on, Jase. Uh, 11. Another Ballon d'Or winner. Quite a few times, in fact. In 2003, Cristiano Ronaldo almost signed for this club. 2003? He was at the trading ground, and the only thing that stopped him was the wage, the, the price. Alex Ferguson met him at the airport. and. <laughs> Oh, that's a tough one. The only thing that stopped him was the wage. Sorry, the price that, that Sporting wanted. Which, when you look back, the person he did side for was not a lot of money compared to it. So was he this... Uh, for, for 12 million, something like that? No idea. So was this a big club? I'm not giving you any clues about the club, pal. <laughs> I'm going to have to start instituting yeah, the club. Yeah, just say a name. <laughs> All right. Uh, fucking hell. Um, Madrid. Incorrect. Do I get a point, go with the... If you could get it, there's a point in it for you. Chelsea? No. Both wrong. Arsenal? Really? Yep. So we're still on four all. Uh, Richard Jogger? Four. Another Ballon d'Or winner. For God's sake. <laughs> I think the most recent... Well, I don't know if he won the Ballon d'Or, but Did he definitely you just won... Wikipedia Ballon d'Or He definitely winners. won the best player. This was what, ages ago. This was in 2010. Robert Lewandowski almost signed for this club. Man United. Oh, I know this. I know this one. I think. I think I know this one. Well, for a point. Is it Blackburn? It's Blackburn Rovers. Ah, oh, brilliant. Wasn't it? And, it? and I can I can tell you why as well if you want. Yeah, go on because I didn't look this up. It was and correct me if I'm wrong, but do you remember the ash cloud volcano erupting? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he's on the plane. His one. flight got cancelled. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> wow. Career would have been slightly different uh, if he'd have gone to Blackburn, maybe. Uh, so Sam Allardyce. 5 ball. 4 to James. I believe it's your goal, James. Uh, 10? Have we done 10? 10? No. Uh, this guy might have won a ballad, though. I'm not sure. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, he is one of the best Brazilian players of all time, um, if he's not that good at acting. Uh, in 2004, Rivaldo. Almost joined this club. 2004. If you're saying anything, I can't hear you. There we go. Oh, that's a tough one. This is quite a hard one. Do I get a clue? So. No, you don't get a clue. One club jumps out to me every time with this, and then you say Madrid again. My instinct. No, I'm not. But it is a previous answer. Uh, Right, I'm going to go left field and go Juventus. Incorrect. I'm going to go even further left field and say Newcastle United. You're closer, but it's not. I was, I, I was going to say Chelsea. Nope. Um, he almost joined the likes of even Campo, Fernando Hierro. Bolton. Bolton Wanderers. He joined in Bolton Wanderers with Sam Allardyce. Fantastic. <laughs> at the club at the time. Uh, you'll go, Doug. Nine. Okay. Very famous one, uh, if you were watching Sky Sport News at the time. Um, drove down <laughs> to the ground himself to sort it out. Peter Oldham Wingy. No, uh, I actually don't know this, and that's shit, because James probably was glued to his TV screen at the time. <laughs> um, he said he'd already said his goodbyes, and he couldn't wait to get started for his new club. Just needed a change of scenery and then promptly went back to the office. 
original changing room. Southampton? No. Yo, yo, right, it's so one point in it. A club, a club jumped out to me again, and I can't decide whether this was who he ended up going to or he just played for them at some point. But West Brom? West Brom was where he was leaving. Ah, to Crystal Palace. Okay. He drove down to QPR to push mm, to him out. in QPR. <laughs> uh, is that that's James's James? next. You've got three left. You got uh, five, six, or eight. Eight. Some call him the Phil Foden of his time and the oldest transfer on this list, 1988. Paul Gascoigne all was signed for this club. Man United. It was Man United. Yeah, well done. Ferguson thought it was done apparently and went on holiday. And then Spurs mm. took nicked him from right under his nose. There was there was a reason for it, wasn't there? Did they not say they'd buy him his family a house or something? Yeah, something like that. I remember seeing a documentary. I I just found that he literally went on holiday, and it was funny because it's Fergie. Um, but <laughs> uh, so you got uh, five and six left, Richard. That Fergie vacations in like the Orkney Isles or something like that. <laughs> I'll go for five, please. Two thousand five. The year's two thousand and five. <laughs> Let me take you back. <laughs> of course. Tony Blair was the prime minister. Steven Gerrard, all of our side for this club. Chelsea FC. Chelsea FC. Right. If you don't say the FC, does it not count? No, because it's <laughs> Chelsea FC. Uh, so, if you're interested to know the scores, with one question left and James with advantage, because you gave him that. It's seven, seven six. six. So if you get it wrong, James, Richard could draw. Okay. The last one. You <laughs> sound. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now that James has <laughs> <is> won. <laughs> All right. The last one. I'll put my score is, away. Um, this one doesn't have a specific year. It, I've just put um, from now until but the did end he win of a- time. Did he, did win, he a win a ball? No, he's definitely not won a ball. <laughs> uh, from now until the end of time, um, all that stopped this player from signing for this club was a dodgy fax machine. David De Gea almost signed for. Is this a trick question? No. You know this. Real Madrid? No, it was Bolland. No. <laughs> Real Madrid. James wins. 9 6. <laughs> Do you know what I nearly answered then? Thank you, mate. I nearly got in my own head and said Man United. So I thought, did it not happen? And then he signed the year after. So I, I nearly threw that away. Well, that Rivaldo one's great, I thought. Like, <laughs> Bolton almost had even Campo, Fernando Aero, <laughs> JJ Acocha, and <laughs> Rivaldo. All under Big Sam Allardyce. Yossi Askalainen. Oh. Fair enough. Well, that was, that was fun, mate. That was a nice change from debate. Um, and this was a nice change from the usual format. Have we got anything else to say before I go and get my tea? Um, yeah, I did, and I've completely forgotten now, but I've been holding in a fart for so long, so we should probably just wrap this up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The, when so we're in the same room too. as well. That's why I've been holding it. Oh, okay. You're welcome, by right, the way. <laughs> I haven't been reciprocated. <laughs> That's, that's awkward as well when you sat on his knee. <laughs> Why is it warm? See, silent but deadly, but I knew he'd feel it. <laughs> on that note, thank you all for listening. 
we'll be back soon with a couple more special podcasts before we get back to our newly improved format for the new season. Sunji, bye everybody. Sunji, bye. Bye. Disagree with anything you've heard? Don't forget to let the Etty lads know at Topical City Pod on Twitter.